and that I will faithfully perform the duties of the office of the mayor of the city of New York, of the office of the mayor of the city of New York, to the best of my ability, to the best of my ability, so help me God, so help me God. Congratulations, Mayor. On New Year's Day, David Dinkins became the 106th mayor of New York City. In his inaugural address from the steps of City Hall, Dinkins said the city faces difficult times, and he proposed to be the mayor of all people. This administration will renew the quest for social justice. Whether the issue is education or affordable housing, the environment, health care, or consumer rights, the shame of homelessness, or the pain of AIDS. Fifty-six years ago, another mayor was inaugurated in New York, one who would set the standards for all who followed his extraordinary range of accomplishments in the worst of times. His name was Fiorello LaGuardia. Tom Vitale prepared this report on his legacy. American citizens have the right to be provided work so that they can support their families decently and properly. Now is the time to fight, to fight for the best interests of our city, and we have public housing was finally recognized as a proper function of government. When Fiorello LaGuardia took office as the 99th mayor of New York City in 1934, the nation was in the depths of the Great Depression. Millions were unemployed, impoverished, and often homeless. In the borough of the Bronx, there had been massive demonstrations known as the Great Red Strike Wars. Why should I be standing in line Just waiting for bread Before he became mayor, LaGuardia served seven terms in Congress, where, as a progressive Republican, he developed a close relationship with the lawmakers who had passed President Roosevelt's New Deal legislation. When federal funds for public housing became available under the Public Works Administration, LaGuardia was quick to seize the opportunity. The first low-cost public housing projects in the country were built in Brooklyn, Queens, and Manhattan. Eventually, more than 20% of all the nation's public housing units were built in New York City. LaGuardia spoke at the opening of Queensbridge Houses in 1939. And at the risk of incurring the displeasure of the city council, I took many trips to Washington. And the result is Williamsburg, Harlem Houses, Prince Houses, Red Hook, Queensbridge. It takes time and thought and work and effort and patience and ability to first conceive and then design and then construct a unit of this kind. It's not done by speeches. During his administration, LaGuardia undertook a huge expansion of the city's public health services. In the 1920s and 30s, highly contagious diseases, measles, diphtheria, influenza, and tuberculosis, claimed thousands of lives in New York City, including those of LaGuardia's wife, Thea, and his infant daughter, Fioretta. As mayor, LaGuardia used federal funds to build new hospitals in each of the city's five boroughs, along with a network of new district health centers and clinics. We are winning the war on tuberculosis. I have often predicted that the next generation will have no tuberculosis problem. David Rosner is a New York City historian at Columbia University. What LaGuardia did was to say we have to fund public institutions, and we're the only city in the country that did that. 
we're the only city with 17 hospitals with a series of health centers that are publicly funded and publicly controlled. Here you have LaGuardia setting up public institutions, saying they should be good, they should be high quality, and then everyone in the city should be entitled to services in them. There's a very profound change, something that over the next 40 years will be part of the baggage, part of the agenda of all future health battles and discussions. Burel LaGuardia was a Republican in a city which had been controlled by the Tammany Hall Democratic machine since the end of the 19th century. He was a reformer who was raced for mayor in 1933, rekindled the spirit of idealism in the city. And he was the son of immigrants whose popularity was immense amongst New York's ethnic population. LaGuardia's parents emigrated from Italy. His father was Italian, his mother Austrian and Jewish. In his campaigns for Congress and City Hall, he occasionally used his piercing, high-pitched voice to deliver speeches in Italian and Yiddish, as well as in English. For thousands of young people who had campaigned for LaGuardia, the election of the Little Flower, as he was called from the translation of his first name, symbolized a new beginning in city politics. Rose Shapiro was one of those campaign workers. He was a fighter, and he stood uh, for uh, the very things that all of us uh, wanted to see in, in, uh, in our city. Someone who was going to uh, further the quality of life of the poor. Take your last red penny, borrow some if you haven't any, buy yourself a new broom, sweep the blues away, change that hard luck story, everything will be honky-dory, get yourself a new broom and sweep the blues away. As mayor, LaGuardia embarked on a series of moral crusades to enact his reforms. He expanded the civil service system and replaced the incompetent and no-show workers still on the city payroll from the Tammany era. By 1935, he had eliminated slot machines from the city, and throughout the decade, he waged a relentless war on New York's gangsters and racketeers, including Dutch Schultz, Bug Spiegel, and Lucky Luciano. Let the gamblers, tin horns, racketeers, and gangsters take notice that they have to keep away from New York from now on. Of all his characteristics, the mayor was perhaps best known for his unshakable honesty when it came to money. He refused to accept personal contributions. Arthur Siegel worked in the city corporation council's office. He recalls one incident when LaGuardia received a campaign contribution for $4,000 from some of the city's gambling interests. And he sat back in his chair and tore up the check in small pieces and dropped it in a basket and said, don't you boys know anything? This check is from the pinball people. There was never any hesitation about it. He had a dollar honesty about him, uh, which was absolute. One of the most important programs initiated during LaGuardia's administration was the vast expansion of New York's highway system. By 1934, new roads and bridges had become a necessity because of the phenomenal popularity of the automobile. In one year, 1936, LaGuardia dedicated the massive Triborough Bridge, the Henry Hudson Bridge, and the Grand Central Parkway. Three years later, the Bronx Whitestone Bridge was opened, along with the most modern aviation facility in the country. 
LaGuardia Airport in Queens was named by the city's board of estimate since the mayor's single-minded obsession was responsible for having it built. I do not believe that anyone realizes uh, the air traffic after the war. I expect not only daily but almost hourly uh, schedules uh, to Europe. This world of ours is ever changing. The hand of time keeps rearranging. The completion of LaGuardia Airport and the new highway system were key elements of a master plan of LaGuardia and his parks commissioner, Robert Moses, to bring visitors to a great exposition being built in Flushing Meadows. I hereby dedicate the World Fair, the New York World Fair of 1939. On April 30, 1939, President Roosevelt dedicated the fair as a symbol of peace, progress, and prosperity. All who come to this World Fair in New York, they will find that the eyes of the United States are fixed on the future. Yes, our wagon is still hitched to a star. It was ironic that an event designed to celebrate human progress should begin as the world was approaching another war. December 7, 1941. I want to warn the people of this city that we are in an extreme crisis and the action taken by the Japanese government this afternoon it was carrying out the now known Nazi technique of murder by surprise. We must be prepared for anything at any time. With America's entry into the war, LaGuardia hoped to play a role in national politics. He was considered by Roosevelt for a cabinet position as Secretary of War and for a military commission as Brigadier General, but rejected for both positions. As a consolation, he was offered the post of co-director of the Office of Civilian Defense. LaGuardia was bitterly disappointed, but he took up his new duties with characteristic grace and enthusiasm. We must all do more. And we must all realize uh, that we have to give up some things. Uh, don't you feel rather ashamed when you grouse and complain the meat is tough? Or that you can't get the right kind of shade of stockings that you wanted? Or that you can't get something else when men are dying? Throughout his years as mayor, LaGuardia relied increasingly on the radio, speaking directly to his constituents. By 1940, the mayor had a regular Sunday broadcast over WNYC, the city-owned radio station. Let's see what Big Crazy is doing. Now, you remember, and we hear wet wash. Listen, baby, I know you're a maid at Van Hoosen's. The one thing New Yorkers seem to remember best about LaGuardia is the mayor reading the comics over the radio. It happened in 1945, during a strike of the newspaper deliverers. LaGuardia loved children, and he didn't want them to be disappointed when the Sunday comics didn't arrive. So he read the comics during his regular weekly broadcasts. 
and crash! She crashes on its head. Knocked out. And say, children, what does it all mean? It means that dirty money never brings any luck. Perhaps this was the single most important reason for LaGuardia's success, his ability to talk directly to the people, to convey a sincere concern for their problems. But for all his skills as a communicator, by the time he ran for his final term in 1941, LaGuardia was barely able to win re-election. As the economy improved, public interest began to wane in LaGuardia's reform politics and relief programs. And over the years, he had alienated many political allies with his unwillingness to consider political appointments. Nevertheless, his accomplishments as New York's mayor were monumental. Fiorello LaGuardia in 1941. I know the people of the city of New York are not only satisfied, but proud of the accomplishment of the city administration during the past seven and a half years. It is not only gratifying to look at the actual accomplishments, but to know that what has been done in New York City has served as an inspiration and encouragement for better local government in many American cities. The slogan now in cities where non-political and non-partisan and efficient government is thought is, if it is possible in New York City, why can't we do it? After serving 12 years as the mayor of New York, Fiorello LaGuardia decided not to run for re-election in 1945. He died two years later. In New York, I'm Tom Vitale for National Public Radio. Research and archival material for our report was provided by the LaGuardia Archives at the LaGuardia Community College of the City University of New York with a grant from the National Endowment for the Humanities.